fingers. You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo with Andy Barrar here in studio. Got a great show for you today. Later on in the hour, we will be going open line, taking your tech calls and questions. Great time to phone in here just before the holiday season. I know a lot of people have questions about what kind of stuff to get. We are the right people to talk to today. <laughs> we know all the gifts for tech gifts for I this know. holiday season. Maybe I need some tech gifts. You already have just oh, about yeah. everything, Mike. Yeah, Yet you still want more. I know. It's I love this stuff. <laughs> also, have you got boxes of old photos and negatives still uh, in their analog <laughs> mode? If you're looking to uh, digitize those so you can take them on your uh, phone or play them on your big screen TV, uh, we're going to talk about how you can do that at home. It's funny. This is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I have all these old photo albums, like family photo albums, and um, I've always wondered, like, why don't I put this up into the cloud and then share that that folder with the entire family? Oh, I mean, it's a great idea. I look at all my childhood photos when I go over to my parents' house. There's literally dozens of these huge photo yeah. albums, and they're just sitting there. And, you know, I'm looking at some of the pictures, and they're fading, and that's that's very sad, so... Uh, this is something that I got to get off my butt and do as well. And, you know, once I get them in there, I mean, that's a great gift to share with everyone. The whole Absolutely. Family. Absolutely. And what would really be cool is if you make one folder and other family members, extended family, everybody contribute to this master family album in the cloud. I think that would be a great idea. Well, we'll tell you how you can get those photos uh, digitized uh, and looking their best uh, as well. Lots of uh, interesting uh, stuff uh, in the news. Uh, that uh, Sony hack, uh, hacker attack, is still uh, being investigated. Uh, back, I think, November 24th, uh, Sony Pictures was hacked in a big way. Their computers were broken into. Um, they don't know who it is yet. Some were blaming the North Koreans, <laughs> uh, which is kind of interesting. But uh, they stole not only financial information, but also some movies that they put online. What they did is they took over all Sony computers for the entire Sony Pictures. And the people, the employees, couldn't even access their own computers. And it was pretty much hijacked with this uh, warning label right on the front saying, if you do not meet our demands, we're going to keep doing this. And we're going to start releasing this information that we got. And since then, everybody's trying to figure out who did it. Was it anonymous? Was it uh, another hacking group? Or... Was it North Korea because of the new movie called The Interview that's coming up there with uh, Seth Rogen that North Korea is not really happy about because they're talking about uh, Kim Jong-un, the, the supreme leader yes. for North Korea. So. I, I find it kind of difficult to believe that the North Korean government perpetrated this. They were very upset, though, when, when they heard They're about this movie. They're always upset. They're always upset about something. <laughs> That's true. So why hack into the Sony Pictures I, I'll tell you this much, though, Mike. You cannot buy that type of publicity for this movie now. When it comes out, I guarantee you it's going to be a box office hit because of all this. Like, you think? I think so. Well, I think so. If it's a crappy movie. But people will still go and see it just because of this hack. It's like, wow, it, they must really not want people to see this movie. Which makes people want to see the movie. Yeah. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting. It's, uh, it's ongoing. We still don't know. They they're, they're even have the FBI now working with them to try to figure out who did this. Can you imagine an entire Sony Pictures computer? I know. You know, it's kind of freaking me out. You know, more and more of these big companies are getting hacked. Like, 
what protection is there really? I mean, obviously we do our best to protect our home computers and you know our business computers, but if these hackers can get into banks or Target or Home Depot or Sony Pictures, you know, that's just the 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 kind of times that we live in where everything is connected. There is a way to get in, and these hackers figure it out all the time. Well, it's interesting, you know, that Target hack back uh, a little while ago. Um, the hackers actually got in through the air conditioning computer. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's ingenious. They couldn't break through the the main, you know, firewalls. They found a weakness. The back door. In, yeah, they, they found the... a weakness in the air conditioning computers. And and it was interesting too, you know, back uh, a few months ago, uh, HP invited me to New York uh, to look at printer security. And I, I got to be honest, at first I'm thinking, printer security. You know, <laughs> this is crazy. But uh, it was all about, you know, these big printers they have in large offices, you know, like the big, they look like copier kind of printers or document stations. Um, they are very vulnerable to being hacked. Yeah. You know, because these big companies, obviously they can firewall their main servers and computers, but a lot of times these hackers can actually get in through these printers yeah. into the main system, which is kind of scary. And so they actually showed how they have all these uh, security protocols in place to not let that happen. It It is amazing, though, because we've seen that with printers where they want you to be able to email the printer or connect to it remotely. Yeah. That just opens up a door for oh, people time. to go in there and um, to do basically whatever. Imagine they just start printing stuff on your printer until the ink runs out or, or something. Or break into your servers and get all your information. It's crazy. It, it is. Also in the news here, uh, I talked uh, to uh, Jill Bennett this morning uh, about this uh, stress link to frequent email checking. <laughs> this is a very interesting study. Yeah. Uh, this was done by UBC here uh, in Canada, uh, the University of British Columbia, and uh, they actually uh, did a study to see if checking your email constantly caused more stress. And? Well, yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it, yes does. it does. So they broke the um, the group into two groups. Yeah. Uh, one, they said to that group, you can check your email as many times as you want during the day. And the other group, they you know said, you got to not check it that often. So... Uh, the group that could check as many times as they want, on average, was like 13 times a day. The other one was less than four. And they found after, and they switched both groups around, so they both had this opportunity. They found whatever group could check the most were the most stressed out. It's weird because don't you think by checking email that you're reducing your stress because there's like anxiety of what's in my inbox right now? Who emailed me? Who do I have to get back to? Yet with this study is counter to that. It's saying the less you check your email – the less stressed you are, which is kind of counterintuitive to me because I'm, I'm just a stressed out guy. I check emails the last thing I do before I go to sleep, first thing I do when I wake up, and every moment in the day I can check. I'm always checking to see what kind of emails have come in. I am too, but you know, I, I just I question this because, you know, in my business, I'm you know we have a media company, uh, we do content and you know social media campaigns and stuff. Most of our clients are back east. I am like. If I don't get back to clients within like an hour, I think there's an expectation there. They want some fast response responses. I feel really crappy. Plus, they like you said, they're back east. So like six AM you'll be getting all these emails coming in. Yeah. But I have to check the I have to check this yeah. multiple times a day. So do you feel stressed though when you're checking your emails or do you feel like you're relieving your stress by checking it? Well <laughs> well then I get the emails, I'm like, Oh, I got more stuff to do. <laughs> it's kinda of funny, like you know when you go traveling 
and you're on a plane and then you land yeah and then you turn your phone on oh, and then you get this flood of this, emails yeah, barrage it, and and it's like yeah I that guess, gives me anxiety yeah that gives me stress you're right but um checking throughout the day it's just it's just the the day that we live in now where i remember when email first came out it was supposed to make everything so much more convenient you didn't have to write a letter you could just send instantaneous messages to people and yes. it was going to free us up with more time it did the exact opposite we are now so we're chained to it burdened by emails these days even though we have social media and all these other ways to communicate email especially in business is the primary method of communication and we do it all the time like how many emails do you get average in a day i don't even know i must 100 to 200 yeah i'm you? up there too yeah. i'm up because we have all these uh emails for press releases for all the various companies who are trying to show their new products and we have to read them sometimes to see what's what's new sometimes you have well, to read them all the time absolutely that's your job right yeah, yeah absolutely so you don't have a choice but it's interesting you know i talk to my kids you know teenagers and getting them to email me is hard they don't email's not in their in their brain they're yeah. all about instant message like texting or whatsapp or snapchat does that mean we're old yes <laughs> you still got a few years when we come back from the break we'll talk about getting your old photos and negatives digitized so you can enjoy them with all your family members and up on your big screen tv we'll be talking with the folks over at epson on how to do that at home you're listening to get connected brought to you by london drugs here on the chorus radio network back after this you're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. You want to hang tight for the second half of the show. We will be going open line, taking your tech calls and questions. I know a lot of people uh, want some gift ideas for the holidays. We can help uh, give you some advice on that. Or if you have any tech issues, we can uh, help you through that too. Right now, though, I want to talk about photos. I know thousands of people out there, they have those old photo albums sitting in their basement somewhere. And those photos are fading. It's only a matter of time. You need to get them into your computer, digitized, so that you can uh, save them. Absolutely. Essentially. I think in my parents' house, there's dozens of photo albums there, and it's sad. I haven't taken the time yet to actually get those into my digital world. I think, especially during the holiday season, it makes a lot of sense to do something like this because families are going to get together. Yeah, I always see, I always think about this come Christmas time. Same here. Yeah. But I never do it. This year, this is the year, and we're going to talk about it right now. Well, on the line uh, right now, we've got uh, Greg Newcomb. He's the marketing specialist over at Epson. How you doing, Greg? Good. How are you guys today? Great. I, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, I want to talk about... Uh, Saving our digital or saving our memories, essentially. Um, you guys uh, obviously very big into uh, imaging, digital imaging, printing. Uh, you've got a, a really cool scanner. Uh, I think it's the Epson Perfection V550 photo scanner. Right. And tell tell our listeners what this this scanner can do for them. Well, when it comes to saving the old memories, especially the old photos, what what this scanner can do the V550 very well. Um, first of all, it can batch scan multiple photos. It's an eight and a half by eleven scanner. And the automatic software in the scanner allows you to put at least three of those 4x6, or if you've got the older photos that are even smaller, more than that, on the bed, just slightly apart from each other. Press the scan command in the driver. It can scan, automatically crop each of those photos, save them in individual files. So you can take an entire photo album and three at a time, four at a time if they're smaller, start scanning all these batches of photos and getting them into digital files very easily. 
Uh, you don't have to just scan the whole page and then crop them yourself. It will do that all automatically. I, I, I got to tell you, Greg, I love that because, you know, back a few years ago, I, I actually, you know, got down, got a scanner, and I was really disappointed because I had to do, like, every four by six or, you know, the tiny ones, one by one. I tried to batch scan it, but I still had to go in and then crop and edit all of them. And then even then, uh, I, I wasn't really happy with the overall quality of the scan as well. I just, it, honestly, it looked kind of crappy. Well, that's, uh, you know, there are certainly ones out there that aren't so good. This one, uh, the V550, and a lot of ours, even at the lower end, have very good sensors in them. Uh, the resolution on this scanner can actually go all the way up to 6,400 DPI. If you're scanning very small items like film, if you've got 35 millimeter film, slides, old negatives, you can scan those and blow them up quite a lot. Uh, with that much resolution, you can take something as a 35 millimeter and blow it up to as big as 17 by 22 inches. So you could actually make a nice big wall size print from a really old slide with this scanner. And they also have really high dynamic ranges. So that is a little more of a techie spec, but with a high dynamic range of these things, which for this scanner is, is about a 3.4, that gives you really great sensor quality at this price point. I mean, that's, it's not quite professional level, but it's really great sensor quality. So you get really excellent gradations, shadow tones out of the scanner, whether you're scanning a print, and especially if you're scanning film. And, and what price point is this particular scanner at? It's one ninety nine. So, what would the, someone? Uh, why would someone want to spend two hundred dollars as opposed to you know? You can see some of these scanners for like fifty bucks. It's really a matter of what you're scanning. Now, the V five fifty is what we kind of call a medium range scanner, meaning that it has enough resolution, sensor quality to scan both film and prints. Admittedly, if you're someone who's only scanning prints, we have uh, scanners in our range like the V thirty seven, which don't have film capability and still give you good resolution and good dynamic range and the ability to do the batch scanning and everything else I mentioned. So you could get something like that at a lower price point and still get great quality. But the V550, what, what that's giving you is that extra resolution for scanning film. If you have old, especially think of you going, again, if you're going through your, like maybe your parents or your grandparents' archives, some of those old film types you might get, you might get little tiny wallet sized pictures or very small items that you want to scan. And if you want to blow those up, you need some resolution to do that. So the, v, the V550 gives you a long resolution range, also gives you that great dynamic range so that you can really save those images. And if you've got film, if, you, if you're a film shooter, you shot a lot of slides, or even if you were more of a hobbyist, you shot medium format, the V550 can handle that. And uh, a question here, you've got something called Digital Ice as well that helps with um, like dust or scratches. Yes, exactly. Digital Ice for the film is built into the V550, and it's actually a hardware solution. So unlike dust, sol dust correction in software, which just kind of looks at an image and tries to remove little spots, not necessarily accurately, Digital Ice actually uses an infrared sensor to, when you're scanning the film, the infrared sensor does a pass and looks at the film, and it only looks at the surface of the film. So if there's dust or scratches on that surface layer, it detects those and it erases those from the final scanned image. So if you've got a very complex image that has a lot of detail to it, you're not going to lose the detail. It's only going to remove the dust. So it's a really, really great tool. And we have that in the V550, and that's actually something that came from our higher-end professional-level scanners that we brought down to the level of the V550. Greg, I also understand that once you have the image scanned, it will automatically upload it to the cloud. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we have some nice software in there called Easy Photo Scan, 
And Easy Photo Scan is a very uh, easy-to-use photo scanning interface. It allows you to scan, again, multiple photos, doing your batch scans. Once your photos are scanned, you can do a couple of really cool things to them. You can, first of all, restore the color if you've got faded photographs. So if you've got a photo that's gone red or green with age, you can simply select the photograph, click on the Restore button, and the color comes back to the way it should look. So it rebalances the color automatically to make it look normal again. And then you also have a series of destinations along the top of the software, including Facebook, Picasa. So if you want to scan a bunch of pictures and then send them up to your Facebook page to share with all your friends, just click that button, type in your login information, and off they go. Same thing if you want to send them to Picasa or uh, Google Drive as well. Greg, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, obviously, something uh, people should look at if they're interested in scanning some of those old photographs and even uh, negatives. Where can people get more information? Well, they can always stop by the Epson website, Epson, uh, epson.ca there. Um, I can also, if they want to learn more about scanning, stop by our scanning blog that we have that I take care of for the company, which is epson.com slash community slash scanning. And we... Uh, Post things up there about how things like resolution works, what's the best resolution to choose, how color restoration works, uh, and just tips and tricks for people can learn more about scanning and get the best out of their scanners. Very cool. You're scanner man then. I am actually known as the scanner dude, yes. Scanner dude. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on scanners there for a long time, about 14 years, so... Uh, I, I'm pretty well, pretty well engrossed in them. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's great news. Thanks for joining us, Greg. Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate the time, and uh, hope you guys have a great holiday. You too. That was Greg Newcomb. He's uh, the scanner dude over at Epson. You'll want to check out more about that. We're going to open up the phone lines here. We're going to take any of your tech calls and questions here on Get Connected. If you need any buying advice for technology for this holiday season or just need uh, some tech support, we can help you out. 604-280-9898. Long distance, 1-877-399-9898. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We're opening up the phone lines, taking your tech calls and questions. If you've got any uh, tech support issues, we can help you with that, whether computers or smartphones or anything digital, cameras, printers, home theater stuff. 604-280-9898, long distance, 1-877-399-9898. We're going to jump here to the phone lines. We've uh, got Tony on the line from Nanaimo. Hey, Tony. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. I have a question. Um, you were talking about transferring 35 mil negatives and, and pictures. Yeah. How about um, Hi8 um, video, <clears throat> which I've still got the, the old camera. Yeah. Uh, what's the best method of converting it? And I'm trying to convert it onto a, uh, a Mac. Onto a Mac. Great question. So uh, the old video, and this is something actually I, <laughs> I, I'm looking into right now. I'm uh, just thinking well. that. I'm like, oh, there's another thing on my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on that, Andy? I haven't, I haven't done it yet myself. What you can do is you can go down to London Drugs. They have these little converters that do from analog to digital. Yeah. And so you take those inputs, and this thing will plug right into your Mac. Yeah. But he's got film, like... Like real film? film? Yeah. Well, you're going to have well, to... You, you can still go down to London Drugs. They do, uh, I believe, offer services there where they yeah. can transfer film yeah. onto... But if, uh, you are, if you still have the camera, I know you can go out from the camera. But that's if a camcorder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you have the traditional film, then you're going to need an actual unit or get... There are professional services out there that will do it for you as well. Yeah. And it's the same thing. This technology is dying. The old film technology and everything needs to get digitized. Otherwise, there's the chance of losing it. 
or not being able to actually access those films in the future. I have, I, I'm just thinking right now about an old camera that I don't think I've even put it onto film. It's just yeah. the little uh, mini DVs. Yeah, sorry. So I think um, Tony, the caller, was talking about Hi8 uh, video. So you're right on that. So they do have converters if you can plug your camera into it. Yeah, and um, from there, then you would get it on there and you can label it and store it in the cloud or on a hard drive. But yeah. uh, it's just like photos. This, these technologies are, are getting old and we have to do this. Otherwise, there's the chance of, of losing all those memories. Yeah, so Tony, go down to the uh, local London Drugs there. Uh, they've actually got these uh, analog to uh, digital converters that will uh, help you uh, get that onto uh, a Mac. Uh, and they have them for PCs. And typically well. they come with software as well. Really easy to use software that will help you uh, make that transfer. Exactly. Gonna jump here to uh, Eric over in Vancouver. Hey, Eric. Hey guys, uh, thanks for your show. This was great help. I've called before, and I got another question for you. Great. Um, iCloud or Dropbox? Is there an advantage of one or the other? And uh, a second part of the question will be: I want to back up my contacts from my iPhone onto either one of those two. Is it easier to do it on one of one or the other? Yeah, the iCloud uh, is probably the easiest. It's just kind of hard baked into the whole iOS uh, ecosystem there. So. Uh, you know, you can go into your iPhone settings and actually into iCloud settings and have it automatically uh, back up, which is probably the easiest way to do it. The only thing is, when you do that, you're kind of locked into Apple's ecosystem. Yeah, I know you're, you're <laughs> making Android it man. But what I recommend is you get a Gmail address or a Gmail um, account set up, and then you can move those contacts from your iPhone into Gmail. And the, the advantage of this is if you ever change phones, maybe if you go Android or, or you even want to stay with uh, iOS and the iPhone, you can still push those contacts into your phone. But this way, you're not in that walled garden that Apple tries to keep. When I made the switch, Mike, from iPhone to Android, that was one of the toughest things, was bringing out my contacts you with me. Switch. Oh, no, it's been, the, the grass is much greener on the Android uh, side. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. The grass is pretty green on the, uh, the iPhone side. Yeah, so, uh, Eric, to your question, um, the iCloud, I like it because it's just built in. You get, uh, I forget how many gigs of free uh, storage there. Uh, so you can back up, uh, you know, some of your, your basic stuff like the contacts, which is important. And my recommendation is to move it to Gmail because then you can access it even without your phone. You just have to log into your account and you'll have a contacts tab and all your numbers and contacts will be there. It's will, like that, a, will that read right from your iPhone? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can push all those contacts into your phone. So I definitely recommend that. But it'll, because suck, it'll suck them off the phone as well? Um, well, you have to sync it, so it's it's a little bit tricky, but you exactly. can. No, no, you can do it. it. Where there's a will, there's a way. You're going to confuse Eric now. <laughs> he can just iCloud it. But then he's locked into that little garden. But maybe he you, likes it. Well, I'm sure he does like nice it. Garden. But you've got to have choice. You have to be able to have freedom to have your contacts just up in the sky, not locked in one one manufacturer's ecosystem. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> What's the contest, Andy? Well, we just talked about scanning your old photo album, so it makes sense that we're going to give a photo scanner away. This week, we're giving away the Epson Perfection V550 photo scanner. It'll restore your photos, film, slides, or negatives, and then upload them up into the cloud. All you have to do is go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com, to enter and win. We also, because it's the holidays, we're giving away five one-year subscriptions to Netflix. That contest is still open. You'll definitely want to enter that as well. And check around our site for all information about technology while you're there. www.getconnectedmedia.com. 
The phone lines again, 604-280-9898. Long distance, 1-877-399-9898. We're open line here on Get Connected, taking your tech calls and questions. We'll take more of those when we come back. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Hey, you're back with Get Connected. Mike here with Andy. Coming up shortly, we'll be uh, talking with Christina about App of the Week. Excited to hear what uh, crazy app she has uh, this time. Taking your calls here, 604-280-9898. Long distance, 1-877-399-9898. going to jump here to Steve out in Delta. Hey, Steve. Ah, yeah, good morning. I just have a question here. I, I don't know very much about computers, very little. And uh, I hear my grandkids talk about Snapchat. What is that? It's not for you you and I, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's a messaging program. So it, it's kind of interesting. The, the kids like it because they can message each other, and they also they they take pictures with these messages. And the appeal to them is that uh, the message, once it's opened, only exists, I think, for like 10 seconds. Yeah. And then it just disappears. Okay, great. I have an idea now. Thank you. Yeah, no, no worries. Um. Yeah, I tried loading it on my phone, but none of my kids would. I ha- I have it. I I rarely use What's it. Snapchat me. It's it's one of those things, Mike, where something comes out and you're like, nah, this is no one's gonna use this, and then you Everyone's get proven. Using it. Everybody uses it, and you get proven wrong. Yeah. Um, it's a big hit with the kids. They like to show you know little videos, and then it automatically disappears. And they'll even have conversations. And what I don't know if you saw this, but Snapchat, you can actually send money now on Snapchat. Through through the actual oh, app, so great. You have to talk to the kids now. Yeah, <laughs> so um, it's very so very. You, do you ever use it? Very occasionally, if, but really, with who? Who would you use it with? Like my, you never Snapchat me. My brother me. or my cousins. Your but... brother. You Snapchat with your brother. Yeah, yeah. How old sometimes. are you? <laughs> I know. I know. You're in your 30s. I know. But... I don't think you're allowed to have Snapchat if you're over 20. Yeah, they should have like some age restriction that if you're too old, I'm yeah. sorry, you're not. A teenager, you're not allowed to use this service. But it's so funny, you know, these little messaging programs come out, and I just can't wrap my head around them, like you said, and suddenly they're just huge. And they, and it's one of those things where you probably don't think it's going to be a hit, and then suddenly yeah. every kid is using Snapchat or adding their friends. Um, it's uh, interesting. It's an interesting way to, to message, and I think they like because everything kind of disappears. And I think or that's so the opinion. Oh, so they think, yes. Yeah. Um, and there was a bunch of issues about that for like sexting, yes, um, with Snapchat. Um, but uh, there are it's it's not really people think that it disappears, but there there are ways to work around it. So kids out there, you got to be careful. I think Chad, one of our control operators, he uses it too. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure for sexting. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know he does. I'm going to jump here to uh, Gary in New West. Hey Gary. Hey there. How's it going? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I'm looking at buying a, a new laptop and looking at the hybrids. And I'm wondering what you guys' thoughts are between Surface Pro and the new Yoga. Oh, that's a tough choice. Well, that's a that's a great yeah, question. You, you picked two good ones there. Uh, what are you using now? Uh, right now, I have. Well, I'm. I bought a new computer a couple of years ago, a Lenovo IdeaPad. Yeah. And I hadn't made friends with Windows 8 at that point, so my girlfriend's using that computer, and I'm still using my XP laptop, which <laughs> I don't think it can run. It'd be hard to find a computer that can run slower than that one can. Yeah. So it's time. <laughs> yeah. It's time. What do you, What do you think, Annie? I mean, they're they're kind of different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Surface Pro really is more tablety. Right, I mean, you can use it as a full tablet, and it's got that magnetic keyboard that you can put on. Uh, but compared to the Yoga, what do you think? The Yoga is one of the 
best laptops out there. Just the design. It's yeah. just beautiful. It's a beautiful but it, laptop. It really is more of a laptop, it, though. Absolutely. It is a hybrid, but... Yeah. Absolutely. And so I, it really depends on what you want to use it with. That you, one thing you have to remember is the Surface Pro comes with a stylus. Yes. And for a lot of people, that might be a, a great thing to have because you can take notes on the, on the tablet, which yeah. also acts as a laptop. As a, if, you're, if you're looking to create content like pr- as a productivity machine, yeah. I think you probably would want uh, the Surface Pro. But if you're looking for aesthetic design and a nice, well-built machine that's just good looking, yeah. you can't go wrong with the Lenovo uh, Yoga. So, what are the features of the what are the Yoga? Describe it to the listeners. It's you gotta look. It's just a good like Lenovo is making some great designs recently. Like I use their uh, tablet, and I know you always laugh at me. You know, like, why am I using a three hundred dollar tablet? Up, you won't shut up about that. Then. But it has a built-in kickstand on the back, so you don't need to get a case to dock it if you want to watch movies or something like that. Um, but it just has a, a, an overall aesthetic design is great. The, the hardware as well is, is, is good. You can get up to an i7 processor inside it, but um, it, it really depends on what you're going to use So it with for. the yoga, the screen doesn't come off. It flips over. They have, yeah, they have these different convertible now. So yeah. it depends if you want, like, the thing about the Surface Pro is that it can act as a, a standalone tablet. Yes where you don't even have to use a keyboard. But then if you want to write some emails or, or get some work done, you could dock it onto snap, the... Snap it onto the keyboard, yeah. And then treat it as a, a full-on laptop. Yeah. And it does have a kickstand as well on the back, so you can uh, dock it. But uh, again, it's, it's actually doing really well in sales right now. But um, it, it's a tough choice. It really... You have to... Yeah, if you're more of a laptopy guy, the Yoga might be for you. Because yeah. it's got, like, you know, a, I think a better keyboard than the Surface Pro yeah. has. Uh, so, you know, go down to one of the local London drugs and actually check these things out. That's what you have to do. Yeah. And um, like, like type on the keyboard. See, like the Surface Pro is cool because it's so portable. You know what I mean? Like you can take the keyboard off. It's got the tablet. But actually try the keyboard to make sure you're comfortable with it. If you're someone that's doing a lot of typing or a lot of Excel spreadsheets and stuff like that, the yoga might be more for you. Mm-hmm. If you're more using it for work and stuff. But again, try it out. Yeah. London drugs, they've got some, uh, you know, Great uh, stuff up there you can test. Either way, you can't go wrong with uh, one of those choices. We're going to have to take a break here. When we do come back, we'll uh, bring on Christina to talk about App of the Week. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here. It's that time of the week. What time is that, Andy? App of the Week. Got Christina Stoyanova on the line. Hey, Christina, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. So what uh, app do you have for us today? Today we have VSCO Cam. The what? VSCO Cam. SCO? VSCO. Oh, VS. Okay. Yeah. And what does it do? So this is one of those um, camera apps for editing photos um, and applying different filters and effects. But these guys are actually professionals. It's not like Instagram where, you know, everyone's taking selfies and putting different filters over their photos. Um, These guys are actually the Visual Supply Co. And they used to build filters for um, Adobe Lightroom and Apple Aperture, so the more professional photography tools. So they've taken that and um, put it into an app. So this app is actually really powerful. Um, and it takes some phenomenal photos and gives you the opportunity to edit them in ways that a professional would be able to. 
It's funny, as you were saying it, uh, Ava, my daughter, who's in the studio with us today, uh, she just puts her phone in my face and shows me that she already has the app. Really? Of course she does. Yes. So you're behind the times, Christina. <laughs> yes. Well, I was a little reluctant to talk about this one because it is a bit trickier to use. Um, you do have to understand photography a, li a little bit better than um, the average user. But there are now some great um, tutorials online. I found one today that actually has some video. It's, called, it's on a website called iPhonePhotographySchool.com. That's kind of cool. Like It is really amazing. You know, With our iPhones and smartphones in general, you can actually take some pretty good photos and video now. Like, I mean, it's like some pretty professional-looking stuff. Yeah, exactly, and that's uh, what this app is trying to help you out with. Um, it's not like Instagram where, you know, you're just placing filter over filter and uh, really changing the look of the photos. They really want you to enhance the photos you're taking. So, Christina, do you have to take the photo inside the app, or could you use uh, photos that you've already taken with your camera and then edit them later inside that app? Uh, you can do both, but the camera within the app is actually a lot more powerful and gives you a lot more control than um, than you normally get with your iPhone's camera. So it's definitely something to try out. But again, I would encourage, um, you know, tracking down a tutorial first and really understanding how the app works. And, and how much is this app? Um, this one's free for, for iPhones and Android. Can't go wrong with free. And, you can't go wrong with free. And how do they make money? Like, can you buy? Yeah. Pro so, so instead of filters, they use what's called presets, um, and you can actually in-app purchase new presets as you get more comfortable or oh, are yes. looking for different effects. They come in packs that range from free to you know six ninety-nine a pack. There you go. It's like Smurf berries. <laughs> You know, that Smurf game <laughs> Absolutely. that sucked all the kids in with the free game, and then they had to buy Smurf berries. So the, the presets are the Smurf berries. Yes, kind of like Smurf berries, no one, but much better. No one knows what I'm talking about <laughs> right now, except you, Andy. <laughs> cool. So uh, available both Android and iPhone? Yes, it is. Very cool. Thank you very much, Christina. Thank you. That was Christina Stoyanova with App of the Week. Sounds cool. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a uh, it's a good app to download, especially during the holiday season where people tend to take a lot of photos with family. Yeah. Um. How how does your iPhone work with low light conditions? The iPhone six, I know you have. You know, it's it's really good. Has I, it gotten uh, better yeah, over? Yeah, every iPhone that comes out, the the camera just gets better and better. You know, and that's one of the improvements that I always look for. Like, how well uh, does the new phone camera work under low light conditions? Yeah. And this one's pretty good. So far, I mean, they're nothing like a DSLR or, you know, some of these higher end point and shoot cameras. But, you know, for a camera on your phone, it's pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I, I read a lot of different blogs online. Like yeah. when a new phone comes out, they do the, the head to head comparisons yes. where they take the exact same photo with two different cameras. And like like yourself, I'm always interested on in how does it perform in low light conditions, because especially when you're taking photos indoors, um, you always have that problem. Yeah. I, you know, to be honest, I still use when I'm indoors as much as I can. I use the flash. I yeah. just, I just seem to get the best results. It, with it. It, do you? Because I'm not a big fan of the flash. It just kind of brightens everything, but it, you don't get that same yeah. quality. It, I, I don't mind them. The contest again, Andy. Well, we were talking about how you can scan your old family photo albums and put them up into the cloud before they 
basically uh, disappear. <laughs> exactly. They're fading. So we're going to give away the Epson Perfection V550 photo scanner. It can restore your photos, films, slides, or negatives, and uh, even remove the appearance of dust and scratches on photos. All you have to do to enter is go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com and hit on the contest tab just on the left side to enter and win. Of course, we're also giving away five one-year subscriptions to Netflix. So you want to enter that while you're on our site, www.getconnectedmedia.com. Very cool. I want to thank all the folks that helped put uh, Get Connected together. Of course, Andy Barrar, my co-host and producer, and Christina for joining us today for App of the Week. That's all the time we have left. Don't forget, you can always visit us on our website at www.getconnectedmedia.com. We'll see you again next time.